It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. The Locked On MLB Fantasy Minute is presented by Prize Picks. Prize Picks is the most fun I've had playing daily fantasy baseball and winning up to 25 times my money. Download the app today and use the code Locked On MLB for a first deposit match up to $100. Exploring my skills on Prize Picks this season adds an extra layer of excitement to daily fantasy sports. With just a few taps, you can transform $10 into $1,000 if you've got the skills. Prize Picks is incredibly user friendly. I can make my selections and submit my entry in less than 60 seconds. As the host of Locked On Fantasy Baseball, here are some rock solid picks. Opt for Shohei Otani to have less than 38.5 home runs this season. Opt for Bobby Miller to have higher than 150.5 strikeouts this season. And for Bryce Harper to have higher than 97.5 ribbies this season. Download the app today and use the code LOCKEDONMLB for first deposit match up to $100. Again, download the app today. Use the code LOCKEDONMLB for first deposit match up to $100. Pick more, pick less. It's that easy. This Lockdown Podcast is brought to you by Home Chef. Now that the novelty of the new year has dwindled down, how are your resolutions coming? One of mine was to order less, take out, cook more at home. But I'll be honest, I haven't been consistent. That is until I found Home Chef. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify the cooking experience and without robbing you of the joy of putting a dish together yourself. I'm Pescatarian, and they cater to a variety of dietary needs. I had this super refreshing ginger sesame salmon, a beautiful trout dish, and a super comforting shrimp and vegetable orzo dish, all of which took me less than 30 minutes to put together. For a limited time right now, Home Chef is offering all of our listeners 18 free meals, plus free shipping on your first box, and Free dessert for life at homechef.com slash locked on. That's homechef.com slash locked on for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. Homechef.com slash locked on must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert. You are locked on Reds, your daily Cincinnati Reds podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome inside today's show. Make sure you are subscribed to this podcast on all the major podcasting platforms. That's the easiest way to get each and every episode each and every day. I'm your host, Jeff Carr. Thanks for joining me. We've got a lot to get to today on Phone It In Friday. C. Trent Rosecrans is here from The Athletic to talk all things trade deadline, the crazy fight, and where the Reds go from here. You are locked on Reds. Like I mentioned, thanks for joining me here today for this Phone It In Friday. Messing around with the intro, uh, tell you what, let me know what you think of it. And uh, who knows, we might be playing around with it a little bit more. I just kind of got bored of the old intro. Anyway, let me know what you think. Make sure that you're following us on Twitter, at LockedOnReds and at Jeff Carr with three Fs. Also, save that Locked On Reds phone line into your phone. 513-549-0159. We have an absolutely jam-packed episode, and that is it for the intro. I'm jumping in right now to the interview. You guys are going to enjoy this. See Trent Rosecrans from The Athletic. For today's Phone In Friday, I have with me the beat writer for the Reds. He's in everything when it comes to the Cincinnati Reds for The Athletic. See Trent Rosecrans. Trent, how are you doing today, man? Fantastic. How are you? 
I am doing pretty good myself. I got a great night's sleep last night. I don't know about you. Ho- hopefully you did. I Oh, yeah, last night. Plenty of sleep. <laughs> so that was good. It's been it's been a very interesting 48, 56, I don't know, a couple of days in Cincinnati at, ever since Tuesday night. And I just wanted to kind of break it all down with you because I know that you had a very unique point of view, at least on Tuesday night, with all of the craziness that happened between what was going on on the field and then what was going on through the trade and all that good stuff. What was, what from an overview standpoint, what was the press box like that night? You know, I think that night was pretty much like everybody, I don't think it was anywhere different than anywhere else people watching, except, um, you know, I'm pretty much trying to constantly text some other people, talk to other people, find other people to talk to. Um, but everybody's doing that kind of on their own. Um, you know, while other, everybody else is refreshing Ken Rosenthal's uh, Twitter feed, I'm texting with Tim Ken Rosenthal. So that's probably <laughs> the biggest difference between those two. Um, but otherwise, we're all watching the same thing go down and trying to make sense of it. And I, I don't know that being there where we were was we were in any better position to make sense of it. And even afterwards, talked to a bunch of people, we're able to get a little bit better sense, but it still was just an insane night. Do, were you able to talk with uh, guys like Tommy Thrall and all that stuff after the game? I, you know, honestly, I didn't talk to Tommy about it, no. Um, and it's funny you mentioned that because I know Richard Deitch, who uh, does uh, media stuff for us at The Athletic, um, he asked to get in touch with Josh Hall, who is the uh, producer at Fox Sports Ohio, and also um, some of the people covering it on TV. That's awesome. I, I I just remember sitting there like, oh man, I'm starting to get excited about this trade, and then all of a sudden you got Puig that's jumping in the pile, and and you're like, he's still in the game, right? He's still in the game. What and. And in your article, didn't you mention that Dick Williams was like on the way down to tell David to David Bell to pull him out of the game? I didn't. I didn't know that. Somebody else must have had that detail, which is a great detail. But uh, um, yeah, it's it was crazy, and it's you know you had that, you had, uh, you know, because Dick then David's out of the game. So is Freddie Benavides, and uh, Jeff Pickler is then running the game. What's been, was that something that Jeff ever thought of? Like, did he ever envision himself being an acting manager during a ball game this season? You know, I haven't gotten in touch with, uh, I haven't talked with Jeff since then, but that's probably a great question. I'm guessing he thought there was no chance, even once, uh, I mean, David has shown a proclivity um, to get thrown out of games. It's, it's something that whenever I was talking about it on Twitter or something like that, I called him the acting, acting manager because he's right behind Freddie right. Fred Benavides there. When you look at everything that's gone down between the Reds and the Pirates this season, what is your take on all that? I know there's the, the fan bit that you're like, man, I want the league to get involved, but how do you view this whole situation? 
You know, I think it is a situation. I think it is personal. And as much as people say that's going to get squashed, squashed, um, and that it's over, it's never. You know, that's what that's what David Bell said on Monday. And not uh, this isn't going away, at least while Clint Hurdle is there. I mean, I would say and David Bell, but I mean, this was under David uh, Dusty Baker and Brian Price as well. I think as long as Ray Searage and Clinton Hurdle are there, they're going to, they carry that mark. I mean, let, let, let's not pretend it's only the Reds that have a problem with the Pirates. It is also the Cubs, uh, the Brewers, and at times I know the Diamondbacks were, were saying similar things. Um, so I, I don't think it's just a Reds-Pirates thing. I don't think that the Pirates hit the Reds just because they're the Reds. I think they hit the Reds because they pitch inside to everybody. And they have guys, some of whom cannot control it, who are pitching inside. And then there are some like Keone Kela, who is trying to prove something and get in the good graces with his teammates. And he creates this mess that we saw Tuesday. I, I couldn't believe that the the comments that were coming from Keone Kella it almost I mean like he was still kind of focused on Dietrich's home run from a while ago and yet Dietrich getting thrown at he was still super cool like having gotten to know him these couple of months what what do you think that stems from because he just seems to have so much swagger in those instances where I think even me personally if I was in his shoes I'd been like all right that's that's enough dude I'm we're 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 duking this out right now. Yeah, I, I'm kind of surprised it hasn't gotten to that. I mean, and then I mean, you throw the Pirates announcers and they're just distasteful yeah. um, comments about uh, Dietrich's grandfather. Um, but but you 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 do all that, and you know, I think Derek is just like, yeah, they're gonna throw at me. I'm fine, whatever. And he's just resigned to himself. And he said, you know, I've been hit everywhere. You can hit me anywhere but the head, and I don't care. (laughs) He's like, I get hit. It's what I do. I mean, he's not shy about saying that's part of his arsenal. And it is. I mean, he gets hit in the elbow and that guard a lot, and he gets hit other places. He gets hit in the legs. And that's, you know, he, he understands that that's part of the game. The head isn't somebody's part of the game. I mean, if you hit somebody on purpose, there it sounds so stupid, and it is stupid. Let me let me just clarify by saying it is stupid. I agree. But if you hit somebody, you hit them in the butt, and that's like Jared Hughes. I mean, I, I hate to say <laughs> hit the guy the right way, right. but Jared Hughes hit the guy the right way. Right. If if you're going to you know, exact vengeance or whatever it is with a baseball, like going after some dude's head that it's kind of like what Joey said. There was a couple of videos where people were doing some lip reading and, and they kind of, uh, yeah, guessed. And they're just like, he's talking about, he's like, it's a projectile. You got a projectile there, man. It's a ball. Like you can't just throw it to some dude's head. Right. And, and, you know, um, I'm trying to remember who was the guy who hit Suarez. Um, I talked to him after it, and 
And he, they were just like, well, he can't control it. Well, if you can't control it, you shouldn't be in the big leagues and you shouldn't be thrown inside. Right. right. Why are you getting paid money to throw the ball at the plate if you don't know where it's going? Like, right. That's that's what they make comedy movies on baseball about. But um, thinking of, and, and kind of a little bit of a sidebar from our main topic there, but when it comes to Dietrich, ha, have you gotten a sense from him? What's he thinking? I know that he's gone through a really tough stretch here and I myself am a big fan of him does he kind of have a grasp on what it is is he working on it what what's his feeling with this slump yeah I mean I think it's it's kind of where he is we haven't there's been so much to talk about recently that um I haven't caught up with Derek about it um so so I don't know that I can really say that much because I haven't talked to Derek there's been so many other things but uh the one thing is is you know this is going on while Scooter Jeanette was back and playing as well. So that took away some at-bats because Dietrich hadn't earned them. And Scooter was getting to try. Um, Scooter's now gone. Um, and you still have three third ba- second base options. So um, And Dietrich will be one of him. But right now, Josh Van Meter's hitting. And he's a left-handed hitting second base option. That's definitely a big part of uh, all of these trades and stuff that I've looked at. And I want to get your take on all of these as well. I know that the big picture narrative is, hey, the Reds are ready to start competing, if not necessarily right now, definitely next year. What is your take on the Trevor Bauer trade? Um, oh, hold on. Sorry, I just got an email, and it's uh, Trevor Bauer is starting Saturday. Nice. Well, hey, you heard it here first. Breaking news, I'm sure you'll probably hear it before this airs on Friday morning, but breaking news Friday morning from the future, from the past. <laughs> uh, sorry, I'm tweeting out. I, I hope you don't mind me no, no, doing absolutely. that. Uh, so. I'll hit the retweet once you get it. Um, so, yeah, so Desclafani Thursday, Wood Friday, Bauer um Saturday, Gray Sunday, Castillo Monday, Disclafani Tuesday. That's um that's that's a rotation. That is a very solid rotation. Um uh, so that's uh that's pretty crazy. Just to um, think just to think about like those teams from 2010, 2012, do you think that rotation at least the thought of this rotation right now if they're all healthy and everything is all good that way? Which one do you like more? I, 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 you almost, I, I think this one, just because here's what you have. Um, let's, let's kind of do Castillo, Cueto, maybe a wash right there. Mm-hmm. I mean, general. Bowers, your number two. Yep. Gray's your three. We're going to head-to-head there. How are we looking? I mean, uh, who? Would, let's see. What would we say? That was Cueto. I mean, and again, uh, one through five is kind of a whatever. But right. for the sake of argument, say your one is Cueto. Two, would that be Homer at the time? I think so. Uh, three is Lados. Yeah. Four is Leak. Five is Arroyo, or four and five. You can split those. Sure. Um, I think one through three, which is 
really how you judge a rotation once you get to the playoffs. I'll take this one. Um, so, yeah, I'll, I'll take this one. I'm with you. I, what, what you need is some offensive contributions to go along with it. Right. I want to take just a moment to thank today's sponsors. Support for the Locked On Reds podcast comes from Manscaped, who is the number one in men's below-the-belt grooming. You may have seen them on Shark Tank. Manscaping offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code Locked on at manscaped.com. That's 20% at manscaped.com with promo code locked on. Also, thanks to Bombas today. Bombas are the most comfortable socks in the history of feet. Plus, for every Bombas purchase, they donate a pair to someone in need. Find out more about what feet daydream about at bombas.com slash locked today and get 20% off at bombas.com slash locked. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. Now back to my conversation with C. Trent Rosecrans from The Athletic. And with that being said, there's a lot of people that are belaboring the point that Puig was traded and he was meant to be the cleanup guy. And then you're also trading Scooter, which this year he hasn't been what he was to the past two years. But at the same token, he bat, you know, he was in the lineup hitting leadoff yesterday, at least to start, or not leadoff. uh, He was hitting cleanup to start at least yesterday with uh, spots opening up, like you mentioned for everyday playing time for Van Meter, uh, more playing time for Peraza, Dietrich and Irvin guys like that. Who do you think fills into that cleanup spot? At least the rest of this year. Okay. Well, let me kind of think through it. Um, I kind of was thinking about it this morning and then moved on to other things. So you have Senzel leading off. Mm-hmm. Um, right. Votto to left, um, right, um, Suarez three. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, they would do Suarez Puig. So, yeah, I don't know. That's an interesting thought experiment. I haven't. Would, we, would we I mean, fill in into the cleanup spot, you think? You know that I think you could if you really want to go to that balance, and that that could be an opportunity. And you know you have a high on base guy um, who's making contact, who's making more hard contact now. He's actually hitting the ball in the air, um, which is a good thing. And right. you know his home run rate's been good, but it's like you know his his home run to fly ball rate's been off the charts. That just says he needs to hit the ball in the air which is something that we're all big on. Right. Um, yeah, um, maybe maybe you do that. Yeah, I, 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 I don't know that I'd argue with that. I mean, you know, I don't argue much about lineups anyway because it's just not <laughs> something I'm interested in. But, I mean, yeah, you could do that and then put in some other guys. Yeah, no, I, I'm with you. I, I Some van meter in there somewhere yeah no i i to me like i've been thinking of it more defensively than 
offensively, if that makes any sense. I was thinking it's like, you know, if I did it, um, let's say you have Votto at first, Van Meter second. I might go Peraza at short, uh, Glacius at third, and then an outfield of Winker and left, Sincel in center. Um, or no, Winker and right, Sincel in center. And, um, oh, no, no, no. I'll put Irvin in right okay. and Winker in left. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Irvin's got a little bit of a better arm than Winker, doesn't he? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. And um, you know, he can put him there and I I I'd like to see what that what that does. Um you have Iglesias as then a backup. Um I just see I'm never going to say shortstop's defense is not important, but I'm not sure it's vital right now. With the way the game is gone, you have fewer balls put in play. You have fewer balls put in play on the ground. Guys are actively avoiding hitting it on the ground. And you have improved positioning that means less for range. Right. It's less vital. So I think, I, I, I think Jose Peraza, when given certain opportunities can be comfortable and play there and play there well. I am looking forward to seeing him getting more because I felt like part of the reason his slump just seemed to linger early on is that they didn't really have a spot for him. Just with Dietrich's early start that was amazing and and all that good stuff. And um, now to see him get more playing time is encouraging. What, What do you think of Van Meter moving forward? He is he looks really smart at the plate. He's got he's he's got a really good approach and and this is not a new thing. Go back and look at what he's done in his career in the minors. This is what he's done. He works really really hard. Um, it he he's one of these. I, I wrote a story earlier this year about how he just kind of connected with Donnie Ecker, mm-hmm. who's the assistant hitting coach and is a guy just a really smart guy. Um, I talked to Donnie a bit just because he's really in tune. He has an interesting background. Um, he was a professional player, but then he went back and went to school. He's all about like biomechanics and the way the body moves and tailoring a guy's swing to what movements he can make and all this kind of stuff. And so with Donnie is a guy that, I mean, first day of spring, Josh Van Meter went out to find Donnie Ecker because he had talked to Joe Hudson, a former Reds um, minor league catcher, who who credits Donnie Ecker with getting him to the big leagues last year for remaking his swing when he was with the Angels mm-hmm. and getting him to the big leagues and saving his career or really helping his career and getting him to the big leagues. And Van Meter and Hudson are good buddies, uh, both Indiana guys. And so... Um, they talked about it, and first day, Van Meter was there, and Donnie joked that he just kind of followed him like a puppy, or maybe Josh <laughs> voted, joked about that. I don't remember off the top of my head, but, you know, so he's one of these guys that is really kind of a sponge and a, a smart student, um, and he has earned his way. He's earned it. He wasn't, he wasn't even invited to big league spring training camp. Right. 
and he got an early call for what he did. And, you know, another guy who's really changed his swing under Donnie Ecker and um, Cody Atkinson, who's the minor league, the organization's, let's see, I just looked up, have that page open in the media guy because I was looking up his title, hitting assessment, run production coach, um, you know, and, and, and is uh, Aristides Aquino has really worked on that and is showing some benefits to his, um, we just got called up, but he was hitting 299 with 28 homers in, in triple a. And that's, uh, that's something that comes after this swing change. He, yeah, you're right. He's been killing it here lately. What is, and it's funny cause you mentioned that I was wanting to transition into talking about Aquino here. What is your expectation for his usage? And do you think he can stick up here? I know he's, he's had like a sip of coffee. I don't even know if it was a cup of coffee. I think it was like a sniff of coffee, but um, what do you think about him moving forward? I'm interested to see what he can do, you know, and sometimes that's a rhythm thing. And that's what's made what Van Meter and Irvin, what they've done so impressive is that it's so often a rhythm thing and they've done it without being afforded the chance to get in a rhythm. So, uh, you know, we'll see how so Aquino factors into that. But, I mean, you want to talk about big power, this kid's got it. I mean, it's he's a big, big dude. And um, it'll be interesting to see if he gets a chance what he can do. He's been up – he was up last year at the end of the year, I believe. Um, but this will be his first real chance. And, you know, it's interesting. I, I had a line in my story today about how both – Irvin and Van Meter had um, a higher war. I mean, one of them was like, I mean, it, it's all kind of by gradients, but they both had a higher war, um, baseball reference war, than Yasiel Puig. And, you know, neither one of them had 100 plate appearances, and Puig had 400. Right. And war is a cumulative stat, you know? It's not a, it's a counting stat, not a, not a rate thing. So, that's something that, like, where do they replace Puig? I'm like, well, I think they already have. It's like, well, now you're giving these guys an opportunity. And and that's one of those things that I, I'd seen some, obviously there are a lot of folks on the wonderful Twitter.com that were negative about the deals. There's some people that were I just I think like, there's plenty of ways to be negative. I really right. do. Um, And I, it's funny, this deal as much as any, and maybe that's why it, it, it might be a decent deal. It's kind of like the last Trevor Bauer trade. I see the pluses and minuses for all three teams. I can either love or hate this deal for all three teams. Right. And, and it's not a one-way kind of look at it, but at least from that positive side, like you mentioned, the guys had already sort of proven their value this season – about that and I I am looking forward to seeing them get more of a run because the offensive output that they've had since the all-star break which has been so good not necessarily has been driven by Yasiel Puig yeah no I mean he had a really nice hot streak there for a while that helped this team um but you know his he's been cold as much as he's been hot so with these trades, in your mind, does it signify, because I know that most people are saying that, but does it signify that they're going to make a run at the playoffs next year? I think this is a 
you're putting in a lot of eggs in the 2020 basket. And it's it's certainly interesting. But the other thing, I, I, I said this with Paul this morning, and I said it to someone last night. Of the five teams in this division, is there anyone right now, and again, this all can change in the offseason, but right now, how many teams do you say this team's going to be better next year? This team's going to be about the same. This team's going to be worse. I think there's only one team in this division that you look at next year and say, I think this team's going to be better. And that's the Reds. It's very true. And that was the big thing coming into this year is, well, the Reds had hoped to catch lightning in a bottle, but all the other teams actually looked better on paper. And kind of what you're saying now, it's flip-flop for next year. And the door seems to be opening a little bit. Yeah. So, um, it's, it's completely interesting. I, 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 I think this, again, all I ever asked for is interesting and, and, and we're there and I would, I would love to sit in a room and listen to Joey Votto and Trevor Bauer talk. Oh yeah, definitely. Cause I know that, uh, Trevor Bauer is a very analytically driven person. So seeing an analytically driven pitcher talk to an analytically driven hitter would be you're right. That would be. Uh, I'd pay to see that. I think. And I, I think Reds fans who are curious about Trevor Bauer and 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 maybe even just that uh, curious about what analytically driven pitcher means. Uh, there's a book that came out recently. It's it's in the last couple of months called The MVP Machine, by um, Ben Lindbergh and Travis Sawchick. That is just. Uh, it's a really good, interesting book, and Trevor Bauer is probably, if there is such a thing as a main character in this book, it's him. I've got a buddy that's going to be really excited that you brought that up because he's trying to get me to read that book, and I, I definitely need to read it. So. Yeah, <laughs> I, I think if if you were kind of thinking about it and just needed a reason to start, the Trevor Bauer is certainly a good reason to do so. Well, there you have it. I appreciate your time talking with me today, and we're going to wrap it up with this, and this is actually way out in left field here. We're not even talking about the Reds with this, but I know you are a Star Wars fan. I am myself am a big Star Wars fan. Coming out at the end of this year, we've got Episode Nine. What What are your thoughts on that? Because I myself, like after seeing Episode Eight, which I loved. Uh, me too. I realized that you and I are of the minority in that. But when it comes to episode nine, whoa, what do you even think is going to happen? I I don't know. And that's kind of like, I don't, I try not to set expectations because like that just does nothing for you. Sure. Um, I, in my old age, I don't worry or try to guess or have a checklist of things I want to see. Because that checklist can only impede my actual enjoyment. And what is this ultimately for? And this is, be it a Star Wars movie or a baseball fandom or whatever. What is this ultimately for? This is ultimately for entertainment and enjoyment. And if there's anything I do that I think is going to hinder that entertainment or enjoyment, I don't get caught up in it because it just it's too much effort and not enough return. Those are wise words. Words that I've tried to convey. I, 
I always had friends that uh, did a whole lot of, you know, they would read the book before they saw the movie, and then they would just be like, ah, the movie was terrible. And I'm like, yeah, well, you read the book first, and you thought the movie was going to be the book. So there you go. But that's all, that's all right. Yeah, the wise words, indeed. Yeah, so it's uh, – um, oh, so it's, it's, it's something I've done – I used to get like, I don't watch football anymore, but I used to be really into college football. And one of those things was like, if I kind of came to a, um, like a, a kind of epiphany, this was in my thirties. So it was whatever it was. If the outcome of something ruins my day, especially a sporting event, what do I get out of that other than a ruined day? Wh- why? what am I doing this for? And so, you know, it would be one of those things where like, okay, I'll let myself be mad for 15 minutes, but then, well, life goes on and I've got more important stuff that I want to enjoy. See, we've got Red's wisdom and we've got life wisdom on today's podcast. And I totally appreciate you giving it to me. If you're getting life wisdom from me, then you've got bigger issues. <laughs> there are professionals that can help you. <laughs> well, Trent, that's all right, man. Dude, thanks for coming on today's podcast a whole lot. Um, what, what do you guys got cooking up over at The Athletic? Oh, plenty of things. Um, it's uh, it's going to be an interesting time. I'm just trying to figure out. I wasn't planning on going to Atlanta this weekend, but looks like I may need to be there Saturday because I, I kind of want to be there for this. So. Um, we've got that. We've got all sorts of other stuff going on. The podcast coming out today should be up by the time this is out. Um, you know, uh, this this team's a little bit different, and um, I keep looking forward to seeing how it's going to change over the next little bit. I cannot agree more. Well, if you guys listening have not already subscribed to The Athletic, you definitely need to do it. we got the best Cincinnati sports coverage anywhere around. They just eclipsed 500,000 subscribers this past week. I myself am one of them. You got to join in. It's definitely worth the price of admission. See, Trent, I really appreciate talking to you, man, and I hope to get to talk to you again soon. All right. Thank you. Thanks for having me. That's a wrap on a very busy week in Reds baseball. Probably the craziest week of 2019. Just absolutely phenomenal. All the moves that they made, getting them set up for 2020. This is the start. Don't get me wrong. They've got to do a lot of stuff in the offseason to set themselves up to be playoff contenders. But I'm with C. Trent. When you look at the rest of the division, their Reds look to be the most improved heading into next year at this point. Hopefully they continue that momentum and we're talking about a first place team next year. That's going to do it though for this week. We're going to keep on watching as the Reds, they they kind of hang on a little bit in the playoff race. They're still a ways away. Who knows what's going to happen the rest of the year. Keep it tuned to Locked On Reds. We're going to be with you every step of the way in this, the 150th year of the oldest franchise, the franchise that began professional baseball make sure you're subscribed to get each and every episode each and every day hit us up on twitter and save the lockdown reds line in your phone at 513-549-0159 give me a call with questions reactions all of the good stuff we're going to do some lockdown reds line voicemails 
at the beginning of next week. Again, thanks for downloading and listening to the show. Always appreciate an audience. I'm glad that there's at least a couple of you. Thanks again. We'll talk to you guys on Monday. Hope the Reds have a great weekend against the Braves, and I hope you have a great weekend as well. You're still here? It's over. Go home. Go. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. 